Welcome to Woke and Wired, a new conversation about expanded consciousness and entrepreneurship. We are here to shift the paradigm of business and marketing and social media in this digital age of infinite possibility and bridge our inner technology, our intuition with outer technology through rituals, personal development tools, conscious business practices, spiritual tools, and the magical tool of social media. I am your host, Xenia, storyteller, conscious social media teacher, speaker, and a multidimensional traveler. Welcome to the new paradigm. Welcome back to Woken Wired. I'm your host, Xenia, and I'm so excited about this different episode that is not a traditional interview, but instead more of an informal conversation between myself and the founder of Holisticism, Michelle Pelzon. Michelle was a guest on episode 101, Bridging the Mystic and Realistic. And in this episode, we wanted to create this space where her and I give you a behind-the-scenes glimpse into our own businesses as we navigate the waters of entrepreneurship and spirituality. We discuss some of our biggest wins and fails of 2020, the one business strategy that led Michelle to 120k launch and to quadruple her revenue this year. We talk about scaling your desire to help people, how she went from being a dance student to running a multiple six-figure intuitive business. We share our go-to beverages and workouts, experimenting using text to communicate with your community, why you don't need fancy equipment to run a successful business. Michelle shares her story of hearing voices as a child and living with epilepsy. We talk about the importance of acting on intuitive hits that come to you, whether that's through downloads and meditations or maybe by connecting with Akashic Records, which we also talk about. We discuss creating a self-honoring practice as part of your business strategy, choosing collaboration over competition, which is what we're doing with this episode and with our upcoming workshop. If you've been around for a while, you may know that I have been doing series of workshops with my previous podcast guests. We've done one about human design with Nikki Braffman that was really successful and super impactful from what I'm hearing from the participants and myself as well. We've done one with Sophie Chichi that was about being productive and managing your energy instead of your time. And when I reached out to Michelle to do a workshop together, it somehow just led us to something different. Instead of a one-off workshop that is 75 minutes, we decided to create something bigger, a deeper portal into creating a new vision for 2021 to really recalibrate and reset how you do your business by unblocking your creative flow and infusing intuitive practices into your digital business. So the workshop will be half day. It will happen on November 14th, 2020. And we're calling it Portals Saturday School. And it's really created to break out of the normal formula to create your own business reality. And if you want to join us, you can find all the details and get your ticket on ConsciousSocialMediaMethod.com slash portals. I am linking it in the show notes. And what it includes is 
workshop that Michelle and I will lead together. It's called Transparency, Our 2020 Biggest Wins, Losses, and Surprises, where we give you a transparent behind-the-scenes look on what worked, what didn't work, and what we learned in 2020, what's been profitable, what's been not profitable, because it's so easy to look at other entrepreneurs and make judgments based on what we see on the very surface level, but we don't really know what's happening behind the scenes. So by setting this example of being transparent and letting you in to behind our own businesses, we hope to empower you to create your own ways of choosing and being priorities for 2021 and how you show up in your business online and beyond. The second workshop will be taught by Michelle and it's called Intuitive Tools to Help You Unblock Your Content Creation Process, a psychic five-part framework to go from creatively blocked to in flow and high output in 19 minutes. If you're an intuitive business owner, you probably already know that publishing consistent high-quality content is the key to success. And Michelle is so good at it, and I'm super, super excited for us all to learn from her. We will learn how to get more done in less time, how to build your community, how to scale your work and make it more accessible while still making money, and how to break up with patriarchal business norms and use your intuitive gifts. Then I will teach a workshop that is about building a powerful 5D social media presence, the intuitive way, five steps to let go of hustle and tap into powerful divine portals. I often talk about alignment over hustle and it sounds so cool, but how do you actually make it your reality in a world where social media platforms and trends move with the speed of light and consistency of showing up is key. That's exactly what I'm going to teach in my workshop where we will scratch the old paradigm of social media and create a brand new foundation for how you show up online so that you can stop trying to fit your multidimensional self into how branding and marketing should be. You will stop leaving your intuitive self out of important business decisions and create space or a throne for your intuitive self to be part of your business and social media and storytelling strategy so that you can share your essence with the world in an expansive, joyful way, leading way to miracles and co-creating with the divine. Practically speaking, I will share how to tap into portals of possibility on social media and I will share how I went viral on TikTok and turned into, into over $30,000 worth of deals within weeks, how to spend less time on social media and 5x your results, how to plan content that actually moves the needle in your business, and how to amplify the impact of your social media accounts and create a smart digital galaxy if you run multiple accounts. So that's three workshops, and if you buy the VIP ticket, you will also get a one-hour Q&A with Michelle and myself where you can ask us absolutely anything. And the coolest thing about it all in the spirit of collaboration over competition and creating a supportive system around you, a supportive universe of people who see you in your highest self and your highest gifts and move forward with you, I know that's been the biggest game changer for me in my life, we are including one free ticket for you to bring a friend with every purchase. So when you register, you will get a link to fill out a form and we will send a ticket to your friend so that you can be accountability buddies and have this mini mastermind to keep each other accountable of the magic that you're committed to bring into the world in 2021 and even before then, because why wait? 
So once again, all the details are on ConsciousSocialMediaMethod.com slash portals. And we're so excited to see you there. All right, Michelle, welcome back to Woken Wired. You were my guest on episode 100. So if anyone wants a glimpse into holisticism and Michelle and bridging the mystic and realistic, you can go there. And this is the first of a kind of an informal show where Michelle and I come together to give you a glimpse into what's up, what's happening, a partnership that we have coming up, and just a raw look of what's on our minds, on our minds. As, as these entrepreneurs that are navigating the waters of spirituality and business and mysticism all at once and the internet and social media. All the things. Yeah. I'm so happy to be back. And I feel like, you know, you and I are really in experimentation mode. You know, we're just trying things. And I love that. I love when people are, I don't know, I have this, this mantra that I say a lot and I, I say to my team, which is there's always a more creative way to do something. So if we don't like what the status quo is, there's always a more creative way. We just have to go out and find it. And I'm really just loving creating this partnership with you and brainstorming together. And even this part, right? That we're both like, well, let's let's record and see, see what happens. Yeah. This morning I woke up and I was thinking to myself, wait, what are we talking about on this podcast? <laughs> For me, as you already have noticed in the couple of times we have done workshops together, the things, the downloads drop on me minutes, you know, sometimes the night before, sometimes minutes before a workshop. So for me to work with you, someone who, from my perception, has it so together and your copy is so powerful and just there ahead of time, you know, it's it's so fun and I'm learning so much. And same, we were just kind of talking before we hit record on this on we both envy each other. I'm so impressed at how chill and relaxed you are. And you're like, yeah, it's all good. I I just like have massive levels of anxiety. So whenever I teach, I love teaching. It's my favorite thing to do. But I've got a PowerPoint that was prepared days before. I like rehearse it because I get nervous talking in front of people. And I love how you just you really trust that it's all it, it's going to come together and you trust in yourself. I feel like I need I need to just take a, a sip out of your mug. Yeah, it's not even about trusting myself. I think it's about trusting source that whatever is meant to come through me will come through me. And somehow I just, I'm not stranger to shyness or getting nervous. But when I'm on that stage as a triple Leo and a manifester, whether that's a digital stage or a real one, something just takes over me and comes through me. And even if I'm very nervous and my body's shaking, like my soul is just on fire and I feel high. Yeah, that it is being in flow, right? And that's part of I think that that's that comes through so easily and naturally when we're sharing our stories and especially when we're teaching, at least for me, and that's usually what sharing our stories is, right? It's not to get accolades yourself, it's to help somebody else. And something because I have such bad stage fright and I have a degree in dance and I used to be a professional dancer, so I would never have to talk in front of people ever, you know, <laughs> and now it's my job. And I always pull a card before I do a class or before I teach anything, because it reminds me that this isn't about me. The message that's supposed to come through is for this group of people and they're supposed to hear it. And all that I'm here to do is 
be a clear vessel for that message to come through and do all the work on my end to make sure that I don't obstruct it or obscure it. Yes. And you know, something I've been thinking about so much lately is whenever we teach or we take someone else's class, it's very likely and probable that we won't register everything that they share and teach. But if there's at least one thing that makes an impact on me when I'm in the student role and I can implement it into my business, into my life, that's all that I need. And as I've started approaching, you know, teachers and classes and workshops that I attend from that perspective, it just gives me so much ease and it gives me the lens through which I'm able to perceive and hold and implement that one bit of information. We don't need to be aligned with everyone a hundred percent, even people that, you know, whose workshops we're taking. But if there's that one thing that could make all the difference. 100%. And you never know what it's going to be. You never, as the teacher or the person presenting the information, you have no idea what's going to resonate with people and land. I feel like I've taught so many classes where I was like, oh my God, this amazing detail about SEO or this special ingredient or trick or the thing that I care about the most goes over the heads of other people or like they don't even care. And what they care the most about is, I don't know, some throwaway line that I sort of ad-libbed in the moment, but that's what they remember and come back to. And that's what anchors them. So yeah, I mean, I guess you can be as prepared as humanly possible. Still have to, you have to leave room for some magic to come through. Are you feeling nervous now? No, I'm not nervous because we're talking, we're just talking and it's, I don't know. It's you and me. I kind of feel like it's it's like a, anonymous or not real. Like it's another reality <laughs> where people are listening to this. So if you're out there, hi. But I don't know. No, I don't I don't feel nervous right now. I do feel like I know that we're getting recorded though. So yeah. So I feel like that it like that makes me sort of trip up on my words sometimes. Mm. Did you pull a card before this? You know what? I actually didn't. But I've been pulling a card every morning. I'm doing this daily journal where I pull a card in the morning and I sort of feel into what the day is going to look like. And I write down whatever's going on in the stars. And I can't actually remember what my card was today, but I have been pulling cards in general. And I do feel like it helps me just kind of like direct my energy. I've been pulling a card for my conscious social media program group. And honestly, today, the one I pulled, I thought people will think I staged it because... (laughs) Listen to this. To this week is all about tapping into your intuition, into that portal of wisdom that's within you. And one of the images I'm using in my beautiful Kajabi backend for this week is this image of a boat and a compass. And the card that I pulled this morning for the group was this beautiful image of a compass that says, Whoa. trust your intuition or something along those lines. Cool. I love when that shit happens. And I also, I love to pull cards on camera because I feel like that happens more often than not that you pull something and you're like, this has to be bullshit. Like there's no, there's no way that the person actually drew this card for us. So I, I do it on camera because it's like a hostage negotiation or something. I'm like, no, this is real. This is proof of life. Like it's the, the universe is real. What's uh, been a recent moment like that for you where you almost couldn't believe that something is happening, something that perhaps you worked for, you went for holding your vision, and then it happens and you are still wondering if you're in the right reality? Oh my God. I feel like that. I feel like, so I'm living in New Hampshire right now on a lake 
and in the middle of the woods. It's very you. <laughs> it's very you. Very on brand. It's very on brand for you. And I normally live in LA and I feel like there have been so many, I feel like I'm playing with time here. Like there, time is just different. Like it, it, it's expanding and contracting and speeding up and slowing down at a rate that I'm not quite understanding and I'm not trying to understand it, but I feel like, yeah, it's, it's really interesting to me. I'll give you an example. There's a project that we're working on with my team and it was something that I've been thinking about for the last year. And I just never had the momentum or the energy or something was like just holding me back from acting on it. And in three days, the entire project has come together. And it was something that I thought was going to take months and months to create. And it's been really easy. And I don't understand it. <laughs> I feel like I'm walking in another dimension. But we also had a... We had an opening ceremony for our class, IWA, the Infinite Well Accelerator, a couple of weeks ago with this amazing healer named Krista Venora. And their ceremony was incredible. And pretty much everyone in the room started crying. You know, there were a hundred people in, in that Zoom room and we all felt so connected. And it really felt like we were sharing the same space, even though we were on the internet together. So I don't know. I, I do feel like we're in a liminal time. Don't you think? There's so much happening right now. It feels almost like an in-between zone. I often have those moments where whether that's a deja vu or just having to pinch myself and ask myself, is this a dream or reality? And not even because, you know, it's something amazing that's happening in, in human terms, but just the aliveness of the moment is sometimes so potent. And I remember I had a conversation about this with a psychic that I see when I go to Moscow. It oh, cool. has been so helpful to me in my physical healing journey and my emotional and spiritual journey, all of them. And she told me that when that happens, this glitch in the matrix, there's nothing wrong with it. And it's just a matter of regrounding ourselves and choosing whatever reality you want to currently reside in. That's my interpretation of it. But before we go further into that, <laughs> I want to rewind. Before we really go off the deep end, because I'm like, oh yeah, you want to talk about multiverse theory? Let's get into it. <laughs> I love Lady Gaga. <laughs> but before we do that. <laughs> before we do that, for those who have not heard episode 100 and are not familiar with holisticism or are familiar and just want to hear the version of you that feels the most alive right now. Tell us a little bit about you and what you do. Who am I? Yeah. My name is Michelle and I've had a really weird circuitous path to starting a company and, and running a multiple six figure business. that's growing really fast, which is really cool. And not something that I think I thought I would be saying when I was in my twenties. I was a professional modern dancer and I was diagnosed on my, while I was training to become a professional dancer, I was diagnosed with epilepsy and I was 17. I was about to go to college and I got really, really sick, obviously with the seizure disorder that was pretty mysterious. No one really knew where it came from. I wasn't someone that did drugs or drank. I was obsessed with dance. So I was a really big nerd. Um, and I just had started having these crazy grand mal seizures and petite mal seizures. And I ended up getting- What sick. does that mean? Can you explain? 
A grand mal seizure is when you have a full on, when you have a shaking seizure. So you lose consciousness. And right before I would have a seizure, I would actually lose my hearing in this really interesting way. It's called an aura. And lots of people who have seizure disorders have auras. They usually affect one of the five senses. So some people will taste something. Some people will hear something. Others will see flashes of light. If you get migraine headaches, you might have an aura. You might get a visual aura. So I would hear, I would hear things. I would kind of hear voices and it was kind of like, I don't know if I, I'm not sure what movie this is from, but I remember seeing a movie when I was a little kid where a, someone who could hear other people's thoughts walked into a room that was crowded and it was like they could hear everyone at the same time in their ears talking in their heads. And that's what it was like for me before I'd have a seizure. And it was really freaky, obviously, because it's really weird to hear voices in your head. And it's also really scary to have a seizure disorder that you don't have any control over. And then petite mal seizures are basically mini blackouts where you look like you're there, your eyes are open, you don't fall over. Usually you're sitting or standing and you are out of your body. So you're blacked out. So if someone tried to talk to you, you wouldn't respond. And I realized I'd been having those types of seizures for a really long time and just no one had noticed. And I thought that they were normal. And it wasn't until I started having the grand mal seizures that we realized something was really wrong. So this is story's getting a little bit longer than I anticipated, but I ended up finding a holistic wellness practitioner who I saw one time while I was living in New York a few years after my diagnosis, who after seeing them, I never had another seizure again. And that got me obsessed with the wellness space and what happened in that session? Well, this person did was a shaman and an energy healer. They did Reiki. We did past life regression together. And they did a lot of things that I didn't really know or understand at that time that I still don't really know because I was a baby. You know, <laughs> I was like, what are, why are they beating a drum over me? Like, this is so weird. But they, you know, didn't have a website or really like, you know, a friend of a friend introduced me via text to them. And they worked on me out of their apartment and it was super surreal. But I remember walking out of that appointment. It was like a three-hour session that felt like it was 20 minutes and thinking, oh, I'm never going to have another seizure again. And I haven't. And I just knew that whatever needed to be cleared was cleared. And they also told me a lot of information about what my seizures were and how really they're just... For me, they're just an their energy that my body kind of couldn't contain. Almost like when you plug a an electrical, I don't know, something into an electrical socket and they're not the same wattage and it short circuits your blow dryer or something, right? That's kind of what was happening to me. I was plugging into this energy that I just wasn't, I couldn't contain. I wasn't strong enough to contain. So that's what got me into wellness, you know, the umbrella of wellness, but spirituality more than anything. And, and beyond that, just knowing my intuition and trusting my intuition. And that's, I still kind of get my hearing aura every now and now and then it happens in one year at a time instead of in both years. So it's a lot less scary. But when it does happen, I know that that's my intuition talking. And it's been happening a lot actually while I've been here in New Hampshire. So it's, there's normally something that I have to pay attention to or something that's up, but that got me into the wellness world. I ended up opening a brick and mortar studio in New York and then one in Orange County, California. Okay. Pause right there. Cause I Googled you yesterday Okay. And something came up that I had no idea about you, which is that you were a Bari rebounder workout instructor. And I was a huge fan when they just opened up. Is that what you're talking about? Yes. I helped create the method. 
That is crazy because I remember Alexandra. Yep. And I would go there when it just opened up. Yep. I probably ran into you at some point. I'm sure you did. Yes. I helped create the method there and then I opened up their Newport studio. So I did. And that was definitely a very interesting experience that we could talk about, I'm sure, at another time. But um, <laughs> I, you know, I had never had a real job before. I was an artist. And all of a sudden I was running, I was literally finding studio space in one of the most affluent neighborhoods in the United States. I was helping with a build out of a studio. How did was- that happen? Did you become an instructor first and then it kind of grew from there? Yeah. So I came in with, you know, 20 years of dance experience and I majored in dance at NYU. So I had a lot of anatomy and somatic experience. Like we would take at NYU, we'd take anatomy classes with NYU med school. So it was pretty high level. And so I I got hired at Bari right after they started and they didn't really have a really clear method. And so as I started teaching there, we started building the method together and just being more thoughtful and intentional. And then some amazing other trainers came on and it really became a a hybrid of a lot of brilliance. And so I was training celebrities there, which was totally weird and also amazing. And I was also working at least eight hours a day where I was training other people, but I was working out with them. So I had major, and I'm a projector, which I know now, but I did not know then. And I was making bank, you know, I was making way more money than I'd ever seen in my life, but I was also exhausted. My hormones were so fucked, so fucked. And I had been living in New York for a really long time and I wanted to move back to California. I had some really traumatic experiences happen. My Someone in my family had an overdose and died. One of my cousins who was only a couple years older than me, who I was close to. And then I had another friend die in a car accident a couple weeks after that. And I just kind of felt like it was time for me to go home. So I guess I sort of manifested it. I don't know if that's the word I would use, but I I told the Bari team that I wanted to open a West Coast and be in charge of West Coast locations. And so they said, okay, cool, let's do it. And it was a lot of trust to put in a 24-year-old. <laughs> At the time, I see that, but I'm also a really hard worker and I think I'm pretty smart. You know, I figure things out. So we made it happen and found a space and signed a lease and really built it from the ground up. And I was the one who moved out there to do it and hired a whole team. And it was really wild to be doing that. But I woke up one morning after really working myself to the bone for three or four years. And I just realized that I I didn't really want to help people get skinny anymore. That wasn't my goal in life. And that wasn't why I wanted to to train people. I wanted people to feel amazing in their bodies so that they could go and show up fully in the rest of their lives. So I knew I wanted to help people, but I just didn't know how to scale myself. And I wanted to learn how business actually worked as opposed to working with a first-time entrepreneur who also was still figuring a lot of things out, who was also really young. So I decided to join a tech startup and I figured I'd learn I'd learn a lot by being in the startup space. And I did. And I kind of feel like I got my like MBA of the streets by working in the startup world for as long as I did because I got to see... I got just so lucky with the companies I got hired at. And and also I'm super privileged, right? I'm a white woman living in LA who went to a, a pretty good college. So it was pretty easy for me to get a, a job at a startup, kind of doing anything <laughs> that they wanted me to do. And I just got so much experience growing companies from literally zero, zero clients to millions of clients in a super short period of time. 
And that sort of hyper fast growth, you really learn fast, but you get thrown around. It is not gentle. It is not, it's almost violent how, how that growth happens because it's so accelerated. All the lessons are super amplified. It's like if you're driving in a speeding car, right? And you go over a big bump, a speed bump. It gets, it feels so much bigger than if you had been going, I don't know, 15 miles per hour. So I did startups in tech for six years. And then I started holisticism as a place to talk about wellness and make it more inclusive and accessible. But even beyond that, you know, get people back to their intuition and kind of straddle between the mystical world and the pragmatic, thoughtful, intellectual world that I love. I love both of them. So that was a really long intro. I wasn't expecting to go that deep. (laughs) By the way, you mentioned laying on a table with someone beating in a drum over you. There is something weirder than that. And it's getting a colonic while someone's drumming over you. I've done. (laughs) Yeah, that would be weirder. (laughs) Wait, okay. Are you a colonic fan? Because I've I've done the coffee enema thing and I'm like sort of on the fence about it. You know, yeah, let's talk about trends. Let's go there. It was on my (laughs) list anyway. I, not really, no. I've done it a couple of times in my life. And I know that when you start doing it, everyone around you tells you you should be doing it all the time. I just, just never sort of happened. And I didn't feel called to return. Right. The times that I have done it was really powerful, especially the times when I actually decided to invest in it versus doing it off Groupon. (laughs) It was a great choice. If you are going to do it, make sure you don't do it for Groupon. (laughs) But no, I don't really have much experience or a lot to say besides a couple of shamanic colonic experiences, which were pretty powerful. Wow. Okay. That's interesting. Shamanic colonic sounds like a great band name, first and foremost. (laughs) Yeah. I'm of two minds about it because I didn't say this in my intro, but I went to nutrition school and I know that like, it's not great to just flush your colon, you know, we, like, we have so much beneficial bacteria that we need, but also I know so many health nuts, like people who are super into, into the space who just live and die by their colonics. So I don't know, but I will say the, like the coffee enema, I definitely feel like energized when I do it, but it's so, it takes so much energy. I'm like, this is not something I'm going to do every week. I'd rather drink coffee. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would way rather drink coffee. Coffee is uh, like the the thing that I just can't quit. I just enjoy it so much. Even when it messes with my hormones and my energy, I'm just like, ugh, I love coffee so much. I can't. It, it sparks too much joy for me. <laughs> There's no too much joy. <laughs> yeah, I've been going on and off coffee. I go off of it when I do like a clean program once a year or so. And Sometimes I just go through weeks of not wanting coffee. I'll make a coffee. That's a great thing about living with a partner. He always wants a coffee and I make him one and I take a tiny sip or a, or a, a sniff and, and uh, my body knows whether it wants it or not. Yeah. So I don't need to make it and then you know change my mind. I'm the kind of person who always wants options and a way out. <laughs> if I change my mind, it takes me about We've three hours. We've talked about this. <laughs> <laughs> it takes me about three hours to choose a movie I want to watch. Oftentimes, I'll just end up spending the evening watching previews <laughs> and my night that way. But lately, I've been pretty much off coffee just intuitively. And then last couple of days, I was called to take out my fake Chemex and yesterday and today I made a coffee and 
it just made me feel so happy. Just after drinking that one cup with my delicious Picnic Austin coconut cashew creamer. Ooh. It's so good. It's delicious. I just remember sitting there and everything inside of me is buzzing and I just feel so happy and loving. <laughs> yeah. And coffee can be that way. It's very emotional, you know? It's I get that. I get it. But I think it's it's very intelligent and wise of you astute of you to be able to know whether you're in the mood for it or not and kind of be like, I'm going to cool cool my tits on the coffee for a little bit. For me, I need to make something in the morning. That is just my ritual. Like it's my kitchen witch ritual every day. Um, I don't want to do anything before I am in the kitchen and I make something, some sort of potion. So most 90% of the time it's coffee, but sometimes it's matcha. And sometimes it's also mud water. Have you heard of this? Oh, I love mud water. I actually just asked them yesterday if I can get a coupon code for my community. So hopefully they can hook you up for this podcast, but they're, (laughs) they're great. I like mud water a lot. Yes. So mud water is a blend of chai and medicinal mushrooms and spices. So there's caffeine from tea, from black tea, but it's coffee free and it's delicious and it doesn't need any blending or anything. It just dissolves in water beautifully. Yeah, it's so good. And it's really good with coconut cream or something kind of fatty. It's delicious. And it doesn't have any sugar in it, which we we really like around here because my partner's keto for medicinal purposes. So we're always looking for the sugar intake on on things in the kitchen. Yes. So when you were speaking about movement and that chunk of your life, you know, big chunk of your life from going from dance to tramp would you call it trampoline or rebounding? I know people call it different ways. Rebounding it was rebounding and I would say intelligent resistance training. So what does movement look like for you these days? Because I feel like it's one of those things where this wellness society kind of goes through waves of trends. And I remember, you know, times when a certain thing launches, especially before quarantine, and everyone's talking about it and everyone has to go and try it. I feel like it's kind of eased down a little bit since. But what is your relationship with movement and what feels good for you in terms of giving your body a chance to move around some emotions and whatever else is there? Good question. Well, my first thing is I used to say, oh, dance is my therapy or running is my therapy or movement is my therapy. And no, therapy is my therapy. Going to therapy is therapy. (laughs) (laughs) And movement is amazing and healing, but it doesn't replace talk therapy or cognitive behavioral therapy or whatever, you know? So if you maybe are resonate with that because you're somewhat like me, I would say we can do both. You know, we can do both. We can go on a run and we can also go talk to a therapist and that's all good. But I used to, I mean, I'm a little bit of an obsessive person. I don't, I think, Senia, you know now because you've seen me work with dance. I was obsessed with dance. And so I was dancing eight hours a day with Bari. I was training eight hours a day. When I quit Bari and I started working in tech, I started running and I couldn't just run a marathon. I'd never run before. (laughs) I didn't just sign up for a marathon. I signed up for an ultra marathon. And so I ran a bunch of marathons actually in over three or four years and got really, really into running. And then I sort of hit the wall and was, you know, I think that there's maybe something to look at here (laughs) with my relationship to pain and distraction. And 
that came coincided with starting holisticism because I had a limited amount of energy to make something and be creative. And I noticed that when I would go on a 10 mile run in the morning, I'd sit down to my computer. I was just wiped. You know, I couldn't come up with anything good. And so I just needed to more cocoon and rest. And, and now, you know, before quarantine, I was working out a couple of days a week with my partner doing Pilates or megaformer stuff. Now it's more home workouts. I love this place called The Studio by Jamie Kincaid, and they do sort of fun dance workouts and, you know, low, low impact training. But I'm really casual about it. And here's the unfortunate thing, or maybe fortunate my body looks exactly the same. Like, I, I look exactly the same as when I was training 20 hours a week, <laughs> when I'm training two hours a week, which is kind of annoying. But is it just good genes or what? I think it's just like, I don't need a, a lot of exercise. And I actually think that there's something about exercising a ton that makes me super exhausted. And I actually start, start to gain weight. And my hormones get all funky. But resting for me is when my body looks the best and feels the best. But I, I like to get outside and walk and make sure that I'm like not out of breath and I can do things and I can lift heavy things if I need to. But I'm kind of like not into the vibe of just training to train. What about you? Because you're a manifester, so you have totally different energy than me. Oh, how does human design apply to working out? I've never thought about that. Think that like, you know, MGs, well, I know for manifesting generators and I would assume for generators, they just have so much energy and they need to get it out. And I think it probably depends on what areas are filled in on the chart versus the ones that aren't, where your energy sort of lives, if it's more motor or if it's more mental energy. But I'm not sure about manifestors. I know less about manifestors than I do MGs just because my partner's one. So I get to see him in action all the time. But I don't know. What does your workout relationship look like right now? Well, I... You know, what I've been thinking about is that if TikTok existed 15 years ago when I just got on social media... I probably would be a famous hip hop dancer on TikTok. <laughs> okay. Because you love doing hip hop dance. I love dance. <laughs> and I would take, you know, all these photos of myself and little videos when I could get my hands on a video camera. I just always loved sort of creating content and I love movement and I love loud music and I love going to clubs. So if that part of my life was captured in any way, I don't know, maybe I would have arrived at the same exact place where I am now. <laughs> um, maybe I would be touring with Britney Spears right now. Or, or Beyonce. Megan the Stallion. Who yeah. knows? <laughs> but um lately my things that make me very happy physically and uh, as a result mentally is doing bits of yoga. So in the middle of the day today my neck was feeling stiff. So I just did eleven minute yoga with Adrian on YouTube, rolled out my mat and that felt awesome. There's this workout that Eric my partner discovered a year ago called X3. And it's this resistance training created by a doctor who created this device who helps you prevent osteoporosis. Oh, cool. So it's very small, but very, very smart and effective, impactful movement. And so it's essentially just a board you stand on with bands and you just used resistance of your own body and those bands and you do it every day. It only takes 10 minutes and you rotate two different workouts. And I do it probably, you're supposed to do it every day. I do it probably three, four times a week. And honestly, just after doing it one time, 10 minutes, 
my body feels so fit and so strong and so defined. Wow. I've never been in better shape in my life. It's really shocking. And it's just, it's like one of these advancements, you know, if you were, were to go back in time to yourself that was using dial-up internet and say, there's going to be this thing, you can carry it in your hand and be, you know, connected to anyone, anywhere, anytime. That's kind of how it feels. And I don't know why everyone's not talking about it because it's just so fast and so effective and it feels safe too. Wow. See, that is really cool. I'm I'm into like f- that kind of functional movement, right? That's created by a doctor to, to prevent osteoporosis as opposed to some trainer on YouTube who's, who's making a YouTube video that they know is going to go viral because it's like how to get rid of your muffin top, right? That gives me depression. Like I hate that. And I don't I think that I still have a really bad taste in my mouth around the wellness and fitness industry in particular, just because of what I saw and it didn't feel good. It didn't feel good to perpetuate, but that's awesome. And I think if we can work out less, (laughs) that's that. And I don't know, everybody is different and we all go through seasons, right? Where maybe what you need to do is be a marathon runner because you just need that time by yourself and you got to focus on something beyond work and family. And, and that's totally fine. But I don't know if we're made to do the same thing for our entire lives. And I'm coming, I'm getting back into modern dance now, which I really love. I really want to start choreographing again, but um, it's, it's intimidating to get back into that space. Oh my gosh. I see a music video for holisticism. (laughs) Oh my God. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I love getting in the studio and just having two hours to just play and move and do things and dance around and get sweaty and experiment because that keeps me fresh in my in everything I do. I feel like I learned how to be in business from going to art school and learning how to make dances. And so much of it is just trial and error. So much of it is, well, what is something that no one would want us or expect us to do right now? How can we make this more interesting? How can we make this more exciting? What would be, maybe what's the opposite of what I want to do right now? And what would the outcome feel or look like if I do that? How will it feel for my audience? And I don't know. I feel like I wish everyone had gone to art school because... There are so many little gems that you pick up that apply to the rest of your life, your life, you know, that help you be a full human being. What's the opposite of what I want to do? I really love this idea of going to the opposite or as someone might perceive, you know, the darkest and the most shameful even. Yes, yes. And, and leading from there instead of from a place of hiding and doing things we think we should be doing them. Yeah, because there's something, you know, I just read this really good quote that when we're teaching, when we're showing up either as on the internet or as a business owner or in the world, right? And we're teaching people new information. Information is just surprise. That's all that it is. Information is new and therefore surprising. And when we deliver something that's surprising to other people, that that's what good writing is. That's what good copy is. That's what good teaching is. And that's what becomes memorable. And so I want to have more opportunities to surprise people and hopefully surprise people in good ways <laughs> in their lives. But I don't want to be, I don't want to be like everyone else. You know, I don't want to do what's typical or what's expected of me. I want to be a breath of fresh air and I want to, I want to inspire people to think more creatively, which I feel like as actually maybe a good segue into why we're working, how we're working together and this partnership that we're making together. Yeah, you definitely do that to me. 
you know, when we started brainstorming this workshop, so how it came together is I, well, let's actually rewind even further. I, back in March or so, I, on the DL, started a membership site, Woken Wired Portal. And as part of that, there were monthly workshops on different topics that either I would teach or bring different experts. The workshop was, the membership itself was, I didn't really give it much energy and it really didn't go anywhere. So I shut it down pretty quickly. Yeah. I didn't even know about this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that more in our workshop that we're about to talk about, you know, the wins and fails. This definitely could, you know, I, I could put it in the bucket of fail, but also I feel like I didn't really give it a chance to really exist. And it's kind of a win because you learn something. Right. Yeah. So there, <laughs> there, it, there are no fails. Everything is a lesson, but That's the technically trick. <laughs> you could say, I guess, from a business perspective, it really didn't move the needle in my business at all. And people tend to invest into a lot higher priced services with me rather than choosing something that's like 30 bucks a month. And that's just how it is. But because of that, that gave me an idea, you know, once I shut it down, I thought, I have so many amazing people on my podcast. I'm just networking all the time through that in such natural ways. And what if I brought that and started creating spaces for workshops? So as I switched to Kajabi, I feel like that made me so pro in how I totally. offer content. And Kajabi it inspires me. is the most pro also because it's expensive. So it's expensive up front. So you're like, fuck, I'm doing this. And I have a business. (laughs) It makes you show up for sure. Mm -hmm. So I thought, you know, if I'm paying all this money per month, it's about $200. I I better use it. So I started partnering up with podcast guests to lead workshops and it's been super successful. And it's been just such an amazing way to get deeper with my community, whether that's they just want to, you know, be in the presence of me or the person I have on or just go deeper than the podcast. I reached out to you and I said, you know, why don't we just lead a workshop together? They have been doing really well for me. And then I don't even know how, maybe you can recap this, but we went from leading one one off 75, 90 minute workshop to doing a Saturday school. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like this might be my problem. This might be my kink. I like to take something that's really simple and be like, oh, let's make it harder or let's make it bigger or what would be even cooler? What would go above and beyond? And you are super game because I, for me, same thing. I've been thinking about workshops and, you know, we offer lots of workshops every month from other practitioners, but I very rarely teach like for teach paid workshops one-off, mostly because we have a membership called the North Node, and that's where I spend the majority of my time and where I do most of my teaching. So it's pretty rare that if you're not part of that membership community or you're not a student of one of our courses, that you'll get teaching a teaching opportunity for me. And so when you reached out, I was like, yeah, I'm excited about that. And then I just thought about what I wish, you know, what I love school. I love learning and I love being immersed in that. And I thought Saturday school would be so fun where we just like create a container for people to like go deep on their nerd and intuitive business and get ready for 2021 because this has been such a doozy of a year. And I think it's been good and bad, right? So many of our best laid plans are, you know, <laughs> they got tossed in the garbage, but it's, it's acted, asked a lot of people to start being in action, right? And to think more creatively around what they want to do and be and how they want their lives to look like in the next year with this 
new territory of we live and breathe online. So what does that mean for you and your business? Yes. I'm so excited about this because for me, 2020 has been such a year of experimentation. I took a six month break from being an influencer and just felt so icky about the whole thing. And the other day I woke up and I said, you know what? I love when brands send me packages. I love creating content. (laughs) I love getting paid for doing what I love. So I'm back in the influencer game, you know, send me all the things, sign me up. I love presents. (laughs) I do. So for me, it's been like this year of trying things, abandoning things, getting back to things, relaunching things. And I think we need more real conversations about things that are working and things that are not because all we see when we look, oftentimes I think what entrepreneurs do, especially ones that are more on the spiritual side, because there's not a real template, it's a newer newer paradigm thing. We often tend to look at how others have done it and we judge and get ideas from the very top super, superficial layer of someone else's story when we have no idea what's going on behind the scenes and the 99% of the rest of the work and the thought that went behind it. So one of my intentions, both for this podcast conversation and also for the workshop is to just open up the curtain and be real about what worked, what didn't work. And then from there, creating a foundation of an incredible year before it even starts Yeah. in terms of creating content, in, ter- in terms of creating vision for your business through just this one day container of going deep. Yeah. When you you pitched to me, which I'm so grateful for because projector, so I kind of have to be invited. So when you said, I want to do this workshop together, but we both kind of were like, what should we talk about? Because I feel like you're good at so many things. And so are you, excuse me, human design, Akashic records, content, email. Yeah. I mean, I, I know a lot about, I think I know a lot about a lot of things. And, and as do you. So it was like, oh my gosh, we have so much to choose from of where we could start talking. And so we got, we kind of jammed for a little bit on this idea of portals and opening portals, which kind of brings us back to the beginning of our conversation around opening these different dimensions, right? Or these alternate universes. And how do we create these portals to a new world or to a new realm or to a new version of us every day or in our actions or because that's really what we're doing. When we're saying yes to experimenting with something, we are creating a new reality. We're creating a new potential future. In the Akashic Records, you know, we show, we see the trajectory that we're, the, the outcome based on the trajectory that we're already on. So the most likely outcome, but there are all of these outcomes that are like sort of sitting parallel to each other. And if we changed our trajectory, we might end up with that outcome. And that's kind of what I think this class, this day of work, the Saturday school is going to look like we're like opening new portals. How can you create a new reality for your business by maybe thinking about something in a different way or picking up a new skill or just seeing how other people do it? Because that helps you, that opens your mind too. That's me for sure. I'm in the camp of people who I need to see before I can create my own version of it. And even if it's going to end up looking completely different from what I saw, somehow it opens up that channel in my brain. Totally. Totally. And yeah, I wonder about this because I think that sometimes to your point, when we see other people do it, we think it has to look exactly like them, right? Or it has to be in the same time period. But there's so much we don't see too, (laughs) you know, like that 
I'm excited to talk about. I'm, I feel like I'm reiterating what you said, but the class that we're going to teach together is our 2020 biggest fails and wins. And so we're going to like just talk about the things that worked well in our business and what didn't work well in our business. I know for me, we had a $100,000 launch this year that, well, it was actually $120,000 launch that I was not expecting that kind of came out of the blue. And I tried to reverse engineer that launch and see if I could do the same thing. And I didn't, but I got pretty close. And it felt like a fail, you know, in the moment. I was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't hit that same number. But it was, I learned so much more this time around, just being intentional with what that launch looked like. And then there were a ton of fails of, you know, things that didn't work out the way that I'd hoped they'd worked out. And some of those things were partnerships. And that's, it's, I feel like that's territory that we're all trying to parse out in this new sort of dimension and time of what is collaboration look like instead of competitive energy? And how do you teach other people that you're coming to, that you're coming with that energy, right? Or how do you project that? Or how do you, I don't know, inspire the people that you're working with or who are in your industry that you're not actually in competition with each other, like that we can all work together. If what Michelle and I are speaking about and our approach to business speaks to you and you want to tap into those portals with us to enter 2021 powerfully and get unstuck from 2020 overwhelm and consistently create inspired content and feel good about showing up online, showing up for your community and building and expanding your business from an intuitive place instead of trying to fit into a box, then join us for Portals Saturday School on November 14th, 2020. It will take place from 12 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern Time. And your purchase of a ticket includes a ticket for your friend so that you can grow together. You can register on ConsciousSocialMediaMethod.com slash portals. And Michelle and I are so excited to share space with you and co-create a big vision for a totally new paradigm business and a new expanded way of showing up online in a way that is aligned with who you are, what your values are, and with the spiritual and quirky and the weird side of you. See you in the portals on ConsciousSocialMediaMethod.com slash portals. Well, first of all, I can't wait to hear about the launches. And I totally hear you about having a certain goal in mind, knowing what's possible, and then not hitting it yeah, and creating a story that it's a fail just because the point of comparison is set so high. Yeah. I think it's so easy to do for us as entrepreneurs. It feels like in some ways, like going backwards. You know, I know when I've launched my conscious social media program, the first launch was big. And then the following two were smaller. And then the latest one I did was the biggest one ever. Amazing. And I'm excited to share in our workshop what I've learned from that. But I also don't want to be one of these people who on the podcast says, you know, come to my workshop and then I'll tell you. So let me just share a couple <laughs> of things that come to mind now. And it actually ties into the workshop I'm going to be leading myself. So it's going to be, you lead a workshop, we lead a workshop and I'll lead a workshop. That's what Saturday yeah. school is going to be. Exactly. And as I said, down to tune into what I want to share, it's all about building a powerful 5D social media presence the intuitive way. It's 
the letting go of hustle and stepping into powerful divine portals. And that's really what has worked for me. It's letting go of the old paradigm of social media and marketing and creating a brand new foundation of how I show up online and stop trying to fit my multidimensional self into how branding and marketing has worked for others and creating, you know, a much deeper and more potent relationship with a source or with a divine. Something that my friend Jasmine always says is how can we co-create with the divine and invite miracles? And it sounds like, you know, duh, of course, I'm a spiritual entrepreneur. I believe in this, but there's something when we allow ourselves to say it out loud and repeat it and truly lead our daily actions and our business from that place where something just shifts and clicks in. And that's what happened for me. Wow. That's so cool. And I feel like, I mean, I already know how amazing you are because I just get to witness you on the internet and I get to talk to you about it. But I do feel like you kind of were like, no fucks given. You know, (laughs) you're like, I do what I want and I share what I want now and it works and it's so cool and so refreshing. I can't tell you like how many times I'm scrolling through my feed and there's someone trying to teach something about social media and then I go click through and like, I'm like, why would I, what? I don't know why you're giving information about social media, dude. seems like you might need to get some help from your, I mean... Yeah, it seems like it's not working, whatever you're teaching. And for you, I know that your method works because the proof is in the pudding. And something that I love that you came on to talk to the North Node about was, I think that was the class, was like (laughs) getting rid of the rules. People love to know exactly how many chia seeds they're supposed to put into their smoothie (laughs) and how what time am I supposed to post and how many stories do I need to post? And you're like... I don't know, dude, it doesn't matter. That stuff doesn't really matter because it doesn't. Right. And you know, it's easier said than done. There is some alchemy. And for this alchemy to occur, in my experience, it is important to create a container that will hold that alchemy. So there are specific things that I did. It doesn't just happen. And one of them is that in 2020, I started on TikTok and I created an account that I just called by a username that my fiance uses to call me around the house. No one could find me. It was (laughs) this like semi-anonymous thing. And I just started having fun with it and started posting things that were making me feel alive and and fires. And then it led into renovations. All my TikTok dances didn't do shit. So I just (laughs) quit. And so that kind of just opened up the portals for creativity. And think so often on social media, we get stuck in our own story in in a box that we created for ourselves and for our brand. So oftentimes what happens with my clients is for them to step into this new alternate universe of themselves that you were just pointing to, Michelle, they need to create a brand new account and start from scratch to let go of any cords and ties that are energetically holding them back from showing up fully. And that's what it was for me. You know, it's really funny with Breakfast Criminals. So many people know me as Breakfast Criminals. Like I am that. And it's a brand I deeply love and it's allowed me to accomplish so much and open so many doors. And yet I don't feel like I know any longer fit into that box. And it's really interesting because I've been submitting dozens of support requests to Instagram to change my username and it doesn't allow me to change it. I want to, I know it's ridiculous. I want to change it from breakfast criminals to at home with Xenia. 
And there's one side of me that just wants to change that handle. And there's a story that finally I'll have the freedom to, you know, speak more about home, being at home in your body, in your space, in your life, in your business, and just have this container that's not limited to breakfast or food. But on the other hand, what I keep coming back to is that energetically, when we allow that clarity to exist, the outside expression of it, which, you know, in my case is my username, it doesn't matter because people pick up the energy. People might even not notice the handle anymore because of the energy I'm putting out. So that's, you know, to me, that's really a multidimensional way of approaching business and social media marketing is, yeah, you know, someone can tell you put these three things in your bio, use all the formulas, and you'll get more bookings. And for sure, there's power in cleaning up how you present yourself online and making your work accessible. But also there's this intangible kind of energetic container thing that is just not talked about enough. And when we tap into that, that gives us the power and the clarity to create our own rules. 100%. It really is just like getting getting your own shit tight basically, right? That's what it is. You Knowing who you are on the back end and being, I don't want to say organized, but just being super clear on what your purpose is, even if you're not quite sure how you're going to execute on that purpose, right? It's like, we just got a community number. This is what I wanted to talk to you about. So we got this phone number for holisticism that people can text and just like the texts go to my phone and I can text people back. And I'm not quite sure how I'm going to use this platform, but we already have like 500 people who are texting us and we got this number two days ago, which is so cool because I get to actually have conversations with human beings. I can send them voice notes and I can send them gifts and it's really cool. That's a lot of texting. It's a lot, but it actually feels like less work than Instagram because it's more clear and it feels more personal. And I also don't have to respond. And I kind of sometimes, this is maybe a personal thing, feel like I have to respond on Instagram. Oh, uh, you know why? Can I guess why you feel like you have to respond? Yeah, tell me. I'm just going to voice something that that's on everyone's minds and no one ever says out loud, which is that when we haven't responded to certain DMs, we feel like if we're going to post on our story and that person is going to see it, they're going to think we're a terrible person and we don't care about them. Totally. Yeah, I let DMs... Like the the ones that go to the, I don't know, you know, your friends who aren't your friends. I don't ever read those. So if you ever try to DM holisticism and like we're not following you, I'm probably not going to see it just because it's like overwhelming and it can be really weird in there. But yeah, totally. I feel like if I ignore people, I'm not being kind. And what I wanted, of course, I want to be kind and generous with my time, but Instagram is not personally my happy place. So this community texting thing is so cool to me and our our community is really loving it. But I have no idea like strategically how I'm actually going to use it. I just know that it feels really, really good. And I'm able to connect with people so personally on it that it can't be a bad thing. And I'm not worried about how it's going to shake out. I know we'll figure out a way to use it just because I'm clear. And that feels amazing. So how... So you send out, from a technical standpoint, you're able to send out a text to everyone, but then people can also respond to you individually? Yeah. So you can like send out, let's say, it kind of be like BCCing people on an email. So you can send out like a missive. Hey, I'm interviewing someone tonight for the blog. So I sent out a message to everyone on the list and was like, hey, I'm interviewing so-and-so for holisticism tonight. Is anything you want me to talk to them about? 
just send me your questions. And so like a hundred people sent me questions that they wanted me to ask this person. And I can also just ping them back directly and say, oh my God, I love that question. Great one. Or (laughs) adding this to my notes or whatever it might be, or I can send a cute little GIF in response. So it's kind of cool. You can talk to lots of people all at once, a little bit more anonymously, and you can talk to people genuinely one-on-one. So how do you create boundaries around that? I don't know yet. So far, it's been really easy. So I haven't had to put up a boundary yet, but I learned from this woman named Emily Anderson, this idea that, because I'm I'm a little, you know, I, I tend to have black and white thinking. So one or the either or thinking, it's a t- style of cognitive distortion. So I either like with boundaries, the word boundary, I'll either be totally open or I'll be totally shut down and closed off. And so Emily taught me that instead of using the word boundary, I can think of them as self-honoring practices. And that gives me so much more freedom in how I operate in the world because boundaries, I just have this connotation of them being so rigid and permanent. Whereas a self-honoring practice can change day to day based on how I feel. So what might feel like a self-honoring practice for me is like actually not replying back to emails or checking my emails. On one day, on another day, it might be putting up an autoresponder that says, I'm not checking my emails, but it just depends on how I feel in that moment. So right now I haven't had to really create a self-honoring practice consciously. It's come pretty easily with this platform, but we'll see as it grows. There's so much more to explore. And I know you have very interesting views on pricing and (laughs) inclusivity, and you probably have so much to share on hiring a team. I got a lot to share about that. Yes. So which direction would you like to take this? I feel like we should talk about pricing because I am so excited and also nervous to test the pricing for our Saturday school. Tell me more. Why are you nervous? Well, we kind of talked, we did talk about the idea of people can bring a friend when they pay. And I'm so excited by that. So if you're out there listening and you're like, what is this Saturday school thing? When you buy a ticket, you'll get a free ticket to give to a friend. So you and a friend can show up and learn together. And I've never done anything like that before. So I'm just excited to test and see what it's like and if it goes well or if it doesn't, because I've played a lot with pricing this past year. We started instituting sliding scale options for everything that we do. And I mean, it's been crazy it's been, we earned four times as much this year than we've ever earned as a business, which is amazing. And it's also, that doesn't really feel like there's a rule book out there because most people are the opposite when it comes to their pricing. They're all about scarcity and creating exclusivity around pricing. And I'm kind of, I want to do the opposite of that. And I also want to make sure that we have a thriving business that has money in the bank to support our employees and to support me and to support the work that we do. So I'm just curious to see how that shakes out. I mean, and you seemed super open to it when we oh, when I brought sounds, it up. <laughs> yeah. I was sitting there and thinking, where is she getting all these ideas? I've never seen anything like this. I would have never thought about this. This is amazing. You know, give me more because how often have you attended a workshop or known anyone who has attended a workshop and wanted their friend to have it too, because it was so incredible. And so just being open about it instead of on the back end, you know, having to protect your intellectual property or wondering if people are sharing logins. What if we just openly say, yes, bring a friend. And I think it's such a smart way for people to experience it together and then continue 
doing this work together with their friends and accountability buddies, and also a way to expose ourselves to people who might have never come across our work and are meant to. Totally. Yeah. And your point about accountability buddies is so good because I think that sometimes when we are going out on a limb, and I think that's what building a business is, it can be really scary and it can be really lonely. And it can also be really vulnerable to grow a business that if you have, if you're in community with other people, it, it gives you longevity. It helps you from burning. It prevents you from burning out because you know, you've got people who have your back and who also understand. So even to have, I imagine if I had a friend who went through some of the coaching experiences that I've gone through, that I've been lucky enough to go through with my work and my business, if we could work together and support each other, just speaking the same language, like being on the same page, how powerful that would be. And we need more of that. Again, we need more collaboration and less competition and scarcity in in work and business and especially in intuitive businesses because jealousy and anxiety, which I think is what where jealousy kind of comes from, those things quash our intuition and they prevent us from being able to, I think, fully do the work that we're here to do. Ooh, so powerful. Okay. There's a couple more things I want to make sure we cover. Do you have like 10 minutes? Yeah, I got plenty of time. I live in New Hampshire. We don't, we just stay, we we're. it's fine. There is no time here. (laughs) Okay, great. Time warp. (laughs) So you, you do have an incredible article in Holisticism. I'm going to link to about this energy of collaboration versus competition. And you share some specific energetic practices of how to step away from that jealousy and anxiety and into collaboration and expansion. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, about just collaboration in general. Or how do we, you know, channel our energy away from jealousy and comparison and into collaboration and learning? Because, you know, I truly believe that even when we feel, I think jealousy is a sign that there's something in us that's not expressed that we're seeing in someone else. And it just takes powerful, personal, spiritual, and energy hygiene practices to be able to admit that and create the space by stepping away from social media often. And I truly believe personally that we can learn something from anyone, anyone. So even if it's someone who's nasty or triggering, whatever our perception of them might be, there's something we can learn from them that will make a big difference for us. So that's kind of my take on it. And I know you have a powerful perspective on it as well. Yeah. You said it so beautifully. Everyone's our teacher. We can always learn something from someone, even if that thing that we learn is, I never want to be like that. (laughs) You know, I never want to run a business like that. Sometimes we need to know what the opposite is, what we don't want to clarify what we do want. That was a really powerful thing that I learned when starting Holisticism. I actually wrote a, I am not manifesto when I first started the business because I wanted to be clear about what I didn't want to perpetuate was I wasn't okay with contributing to or making. I wanted to just know kind of what I was a little bit against or what I was rebelling against to sort of stick my my flag in the sand, I guess. But I think that generally in well the wellness and well-being world, there are a lot of female identifying people. I think there are a lot of really intuitive people. I think there are really a lot of gifted people that exist in this space. And and our unique gifts often can kind of look similar. And we think that, let's say it's you're an amazing Reiki practitioner. We think that 
we can be the only Reiki practitioner that exists, right? Like on the internet, we can, there can only be one, there can only be one master. When in reality, that's just not true. (laughs) And instead of closing up our ranks and going inside and burrowing deeper and either sort of spewing hate towards other people or rolling your eyes at other people or secretly hoping that other people fail, I think that that's a waste of our energy to hold space for that. And instead, what we should do is we should uplift the people around us and create community because competition is part of capitalism. It's in, it's built into capitalism, right? And I think that there are a lot of toxic elements of capitalism that we exist in today. Maybe that isn't the capitalism that's like the theory of capitalism that ideally exists, but how capitalism is in real life, it supports individuality to the extreme and it supports scarcity. That's how it works. And it also supports aloneness, right? Being the singular person who wins, who's at the top of the pyramid. And I am not here for that dynamic. I'm not, I'm not building a business for that. I'm building a business for my community, for the people around me. And to be in community with people, you have to get rid of the idea that you're competing with them. There's no one who compete, can compete with me. I'm the only Michelle that exists. So I don't need to be worried about anyone coming in and trying to be Michelle, even if they copy everything I do. I'm still Michelle. They can't compete with me. There's no one out there who can compete with me. And there are people who are going to do things that are super similar to me. And honestly, there are people out there who teach what I teach even better, even better than I do. They're way smarter than me. But I've got my unique perspective and my language and like my life, my life experiences that make me unique. And I'm not for everyone. And I think when we can get comfortable with the idea that we are not for everyone, that there are in fact a lot of people who we're just not going to vibe with no matter how sweet and nice and smart and perfect we want to be, they're just still not going to like us. They're, we're still not going to click from with them. That actually lets us open up to being out of, not being in competition with people because you know that there's always going to be a space for you. And that means that there's always going to be space for other people. So I don't know. I don't think I said that very eloquently, but clap, clap. I got all of that. (laughs) I so agree with you. And, you know, and I think it's just a matter of checking in with our body. We know when we're shrinking ourselves, we know when it feels like a no in our body, you know, and anytime we as humans tend to go into the comparison or the jealousy and the judgment, it's always shrinking. So how can we kind of allow our body to be that guide and keep choosing things that expand us because you're right. If we choose to focus our energy on that, it takes away from the life force we could be putting into doing something that truly matters. And that could make a difference in someone's life. You know, when I'm consulting with clients, I just see it so clearly how I just tell them, please keep doing what you do. You're here for a reason. We need you. And I I mean it, I really feel it strongly. And I think we all become so much more powerful and true when we have that support system, whatever that looks like for each one of us. 100%. And this kind of goes back to doing the opposite of what people expect of us, right? Most people expect that when you are in business, that you are going to hide your ideas really close to the vest, right? And you're going to keep your secret sauce and keep it, you know, keep your secret formula 
away from the rest of the world so no one can steal it from you. And you're going to raise your prices and you're going to, you know, all the things, right? And to your point, I'm getting super small as I'm saying all of this because I'm like pulling my hands into my chest. And how can we have businesses that are intuitive, which normally when we're trusting our intuition, we want to be in connection with other people, right? Especially people who are on the same sort of wavelength as us. And how can we surprise people and show them that there's a new way to do to do work, right? People might think that you and I are competitors because we both talk about intuitive business, but instead what we're going to do is say, actually, <laughs> we're friends and collaborators. And instead of using our energy to fight against each other or distract you, try to pull your attention from to one of us, we're going to come together and bring you some epic shit that's going to elevate everyone that we come in contact with and everyone that you come in contact with after that. And that's so much more like baller, you know, that's like so much cooler to me than, than winning. Instead of sitting in the corner and protecting yeah. whatever's yours. <laughs> yeah. That's such a boring life. What is the point of even doing this? If you're just going to sit in the corner and like count your pennies, don't go be a banker. Don't be an entrepreneur. Don't be an intuitive entrepreneur. Go do something else. But, <laughs> but I do recommend being an intuitive entrepreneur because it's fucking dope. Yes. Oh, yes. Cheers to all of that. Yes. More of that. <laughs> so to wrap up, I have a question from myself and two questions from the audience. Cool. That was my Alexa telling me that there's a package. I wonder what it is. <gasps> packages. I love packages. That's one of my actual <laughs> workouts. I run down the driveway. It's a very steep driveway and I get out of breath. <laughs> and the other day we got a delivery of siding. I was the one, my fiance was on a call. So I was the one who received it and loaded it and brought it up. And that was my workout. In nice. Air. I love that. That surprises and packages are the best. I'm supposed to get a package of Olipop later today, which I'm very excited oh, I about. I love it's that soda. It's so good. It's my okay. it's my dark obsession for sure. It's incredible. Why is it dark? Because I could probably just drink that and not water and then and I would be happy, but I would be, you know, dead. But yes, it's amazing. It's delicious. I'm gonna link to all of the resources we're mentioning by the way in the show notes. <laughs> So if you're like, mm, Shimana Kalanik, what? Welcomeride.com. <laughs> okay, questions. The first one's from me is you briefly casually mentioned that you 4 xed your revenue this year. If you were to attribute it to something, what do you think it is? Giving away free content. Giving away more free stuff than I could possibly imagine. Do you want me to go deeper into that or do you want to wait and save it uh, for a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we did something. Let's give it away. We're talking about giving it away. So let's yeah, give it yeah. away. Yeah. Okay. Right at the beginning of the pandemic, I felt like, oh my gosh, what are, how can I help my community? Our business is digital and it's all online anyways. So we were lucky enough that we didn't feel a super big hit. And I just had this idea of what if we do wellness a wellness class every single day until the end of the pandemic. And that was when we thought it was going to be like, you know, a two-week thing, yeah. <laughs> TBT. And so we ended up, I just put a call out and I ended up having like 70 people reach out and want to teach classes. And you taught one of those classes. And there was a class every single day. It usually went for at least two hours. We recorded all of them. We sent emails and replays to everyone who joined. And it was a really time-consuming project. If I had put it on paper and probably thought a little bit more about it, I would have not done it because it just took a lot of time and energy and a lot of my time and energy. 
And it ended up, I think, being the reason that we're doing so well. We got to meet so many new people. We had 10,000 people join for those classes. And I still get emails from people, more importantly than our revenue numbers, I get emails to this day of people saying, oh my God, these classes got are getting me through this experience. And that's just really cool. And that's the point of why we do this, right? That's why we are into well-being because we want to promote longevity. We want to promote peace and we want people to feel the best, the best versions of themselves, no matter what is going on and raging outside of our door. And more importantly, to have personal sovereignty and know how to take care of themselves, know, have the tools to take care of themselves. So I think that that was the thing. What about you? What was the biggest like needle mover for you this year? Well, first of all, yes, to give in your way, that's the new paradigm to come from generosity yeah. versus holding on to something. And I, I saw how much work went into these workshops and I taught the social media hygiene workshop that people are still watching and telling me about. Yeah. Which is so awesome. For me, half of the year, pretty much, if not more, was focused on, I was nomadic beginning of the year. And then we came back to New York and we started renovating. And so a lot of the year was spent giving full-time attention to renovations and building our home. And one of the biggest needle movers that was uh, personal life, but also, you know, spilling into business because they're so related because part of what I do is create content professionally is this lesson of surrounding yourself with people who can hold a bigger vision. When we moved into this cabin, it was this old tiny cabin. It didn't have a bedroom. It just had a living room that was the office and the living room and the dining room all together in my office at the same time. And I was really scared to make the investment to start renovating it. And so what my fiance did, he's like, you know what, even if you're not on board with this, I'm not going to wait until you're ready. I'm just going <laughs> to hire someone to make a bedroom for us. And I was like, fine, you know, bedroom. And then the bedroom was done and the contractor looked at the floor in our living room and was like, you need to replace the floors. We're like, fine, if we're replacing the floors, let's replace the walls and let's redo the roof and build oh a mudroom, <laughs> build a bathroom addition, build a porch, just build a shed that's separate with our offices with an infrared sauna and everything. So it was this thing that felt so scary because like I mentioned in the beginning of, of this conversation, I, I'm someone who always wants options and wants to have a way out. And so committing, I mean, I've been engaged for a year and a half and we still don't know when we're getting married. I, I feel you on that. We're <laughs> we're probably going to wait till 2022 to get married. So it's all good. That's life. So as someone who wants to have options and wants to have a way out, committing to such a huge project was so scary. But as a result, we have this small cabin in the woods that's turned into our dream house. So cool. And it's been so fun along the way to create content about it, take people on a journey with us, to partner with brands. I've closed some of the biggest, not some of the biggest, but the biggest brand collaborations ever that became part of this renovation and creating our dream wow. house that wouldn't have been possible if he didn't hold that vision and create that container for us to go for it instead of waiting until, you know, we have all this money in the bank or until the pandemic is over, whatever, you know, there's always space for excuses, but he just, he took the lead. And if there's one thing that mo pushes me forward in life, 
is surrounding myself with people who can hold a bigger vision for me when I want to make myself small. Yeah, that's really powerful. And it's really awesome that you get to spend the rest of your life with him. <laughs> that sounds scary. But <laughs> maybe I should start doing therapy. I don't have a therapist. Oh, I so recommend it. <laughs> Love um, therapy. So, okay. Questions from the audience. One is, how has working with the Akashic Records assisted with self-limiting beliefs? My Akashic Records and my MTLOs, Masters, Teachers, and Loved Ones, who are sort of like your spiritual team that connects to the records, they are just like really, at least for me, mine are very blunt. And I kind of view it as they don't take the, they take the human bullshit out of everything. So they're not super emotional. Probably because they have like a hunt, you know, they have the, the mile high view of life. And they're like, why are you freaking out over, I don't know, that loser you met on Tinder? Your soulmate is two minutes away. Just like fucking chill out, dude. So around the limiting beliefs, I mean, my MTLOs usually are like pretty strict with me and say, if I am like, how am I going to do this? Or, you know, I talk to them. I open the records for every launch that we do. I open the records when I'm writing out my revenue goals and I ask like, what should my goal be? Or is this goal correct? And if they give, they usually give me a bigger number than I'm expecting. And I'll say, why? <laughs> or what does that mean? Or are you sure? And they, they school me. <laughs> They're like, why are you second guessing this? Or they'll give me a really good explanation as to why my price should be the, what, it, what it's at or why my revenue goal should be what it's at. And it kind of just gets me out of my own head. You know, it calls me on my bullshit. It helps me move forward. So there are lots of things that they've helped with, including dating. You know, I met my partner a couple of years after I started started reading the records, maybe a year after I started reading the records. And when I I was deep in the dating hole in LA and when I met him and um That sounds really deep by the way. That hole <laughs> It's very it's there's a lot. There's a lot there. But I kept asking my records like, when am I gonna just I just wanna meet my person? When am I gonna meet my person? And they were like, girl, get your shit together. You have a business to build. and It's fine. It's happening. Just chill out. Stop being impatient and focus on what you're here to do. What what's, takes more focus for you right now is building this thing. And so I'm glad I took their advice because I feel like they told me I had to do one thing. I had to wear ribbons in my hair, ribbons and flowers in my hair was what they told me. I was like, how can I meet my soulmate? And they're like, wear, start wearing ribbons in your hair. And then two weeks later, I did that every day. And I, I met Ethan at a dinner party that I didn't want to go to, but I was going, I was trying to go out of my comfort zone and that was part of it. So I went and there you go. That's the thing. I don't work as of right now, at least with the Akashic Records, but I do work with some sort of my own version of divine guidance. Yeah. And what I'm hearing from you and what I've been tuning into myself a lot lately is this idea that if we are getting an intuitive hit, I got a hit yesterday, girl, just everyone knows you can make great videos. You can spend days editing videos and making a YouTube masterpiece, but just drop all of your expectations and start sharing with people what's going on. People want to see your journey. They want to see the behind the scenes, even though my home looks like an instruction site. So <laughs> just give it to them. Just pick up your iPhone, shoot a video. Not my iPhone, my fiance says I'm waiting for the 12. <laughs> and just put it out there, take people on a journey with you, give them a glimpse. Every day on TikTok, I get so many comments of people asking, give us a tour, give us a tour. Okay, we've seen the bathroom, we've seen it, but where's the rest of the house? Why are you hiding it? <laughs> so 
I know there's a reason that as soon as we're done recording, I'm going to go make a cow and film that video and put it up as soon as possible. And even though now for me, it's hard to let go of my own, you know, creative vision of how I want it to be and even some perfection, you know, of it being a certain way. I know that there's a bigger reason why I'm being told to publish this video and maybe, you know, Home Depot or another eco-friendly home renovation company is looking for a person to partner with and the day it goes up, they will come across it and I'll form an amazing partnership. Just who knows, but just blindly following that guidance and not questioning it is just such a powerful thing to do. Yeah. 100%. We... That's kind of how I felt about this community thing, of course, on a smaller scale. But I am, I mean, you've seen kind of how I work. I'm pretty methodical. I really like to plan things out. I really like to sit with an idea. But if I get a like a hit that I've got to do something and I need to get in action, and I, which doesn't happen very often, I know I need to do it and I need to do it immediately. And so far, I feel like the biggest, some of the biggest successes this year were that, you know, the liminal library was one, but even, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's wild. I mean, you gotta, you just gotta trust it. And I'm sure you're actually connecting to your Akashic records. You're just not saying the prayer. I mean, what are Akashic records? Uh, To me, it's the same word to the source, the universe, the consciousness. It is. And, and I think that we, as human beings, when we have language to describe something, it becomes more real to us. And we like being able to describe something, right? Um, I feel like that's Heidegger or something like that. It's some sort of philosopher who says, if we don't have language for a thing, then it it ceases to exist. The moment we have a word for something, it becomes real. And um, that's true, right? If you didn't have the word a word for the sky, it would just be there until you say like, oh, that's the sky. That's a thing. Because I'm like noticing that it exists in my reality. (laughs) Getting a little heady, but I think that's what the Akashic Records are. It's just like a container that, or a set of words that we've used to describe something that many of us who are pretty intuitive already can tap into. But for people who might have more doubt or might have more anxiety, who maybe don't trust themselves quite as much as they could yet, just saying this thing exists and here's how you access it and here is how it works and here's the logic behind it can help them sort of relax and release and and touch what they already had access to. They just didn't have a word for it. Is there a logic behind it? (laughs) I mean, I guess there's like a method, you know, to the Akashic records where you say the prayer and then you open the records and then you ask your questions and then you close your records. And I think that the most powerful thing of the record about the around the records is actually form formulating questions because often we say we want an answer to something, right? Like maybe it's how can I make a million dollars this year, right? Maybe that's your question. But really you're not that interested in that. What you really want to know is when am I going to feel safe and secure? Am I ever going to feel safe and secure? Or am I ever going to feel like I'm successful? Or what will success actually look like for me? And when we go a little bit deeper and we actually ask questions that feel more charged to us is when we get better answers from the Akashic records, in my opinion. And I don't think we do that naturally. I think that we go for the top level stuff. Mm, I love that perspective. Okay. My final question, as we wrap up the longest podcast in history. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm, I'm loving it. You know, normally at the end of the hour, I'm like, okay, I'm ready to get my cacao and walk around the property and find some turkey feathers. But this is like, I could keep going for another hour. Me too. But the pe- for the people, we got it. I think we got to wrap it up. 
uh, as a listener, I kind of love those long ones because you don't have to like go and jump and press play on a new one. You just keep going with it, especially like a long road trip. You just get to like vibe on it. Yeah. yeah, that's true. We just drove from, I mean, we didn't just drove, but we drove from LA to New Hampshire. So it took like five days, but man, we listened to so many podcasts. Love podcasts. Is there one that stood out, stands out the most to you? We listened to Tim Ferriss. He's great. Did you listen to that episode with Mark Plotkin, the ethnobotanist who works with the North no. Amazon tribes? No, I haven't listened to that one yet. Is it good? It's the best. It's the best. It's life-changing. It just reminded me and showed me everything that I want to be committed to in this life, which is making impact directly where it is needed versus going high level into political conversations and all of that. But like having a human to human interactions that make a difference for the planet and for humans. Cool. Okay. I've got to add it to my list. I just got a new podcast app because I like to take notes when I'm pod when I'm listening to podcasts. I write everything down because I'm a writer and I need inspiration all the time. And it's called Air. And you can actually stop the podcast when you're listening to it on air. And it already has the trans the transcription of the podcast. So you can just click on this little quote thing. It's called Air Quotes, which is really cute. And then it pulls the quotes from that really like it pulls the actual text from the podcast of what's being said as a quote and it saves it for you. So you can go back and review it later. That is so cool. Is it A-I-R? Yeah, A-I-R. Very cool. Okay. Final question for now. <laughs> okay. Let's see what happens. <laughs> so the first question was from Laura Perez. And this question is from Alchemist Problems. Do you ever feel like a black sheep in a community of non-spiritual business thought leaders? <laughs> Yeah, but I always felt like that. I mean, I worked in tech and I was kind of always like, you guys are weird, <laughs> you know, or why do you guys like this stuff? Or this is so stupid. The tech world, I don't want to shit on it too much because I learned so much. And some of the most brilliant people I've ever met work in tech and the internet and all of that and venture capital. But also just like wellness, it can really be up its own ass. And I don't like just generally people like that. I kind of feel like an outcast in the wellness space because I I don't know. I'm not I don't really I don't really like the aesthetic of the I don't know, white walls and big hats and you know, quiet talking and like spa music visual equivalent of spa music that like kind of is wellness. I'm loud and I say the fuck word and oh, hold on. I'm sitting here and I have my big hat. I have my white walls. <laughs> <laughs> and I have my Sonos playing my shamanic quiet music. I'm like, mm. <laughs> with so my you, so you fit in so beautifully to this world, and I feel like I don't. I'm like, you know, kind of a messy person, and I'm loud, and I'm also like, I roll my eyes at a lot of things, and I'm really skeptical. But I also like really deeply believe in magic and witchcraft, and um, I. I want to just, I want all the things, right? I want, I want the best of all these worlds and I want to live in between them at the intersection of them. And I want to have fun. And I feel like, you know, in industries, whether it's art, which is the industry that I came from or tech or wellness, there's always people that are going to take themselves super, super seriously because what they're doing really matters to them. And that's beautiful. But I also think like, 
life is way too important to be taken seriously. We have to, we have to laugh. We have to enjoy ourselves. We have to fuck up and be less precious and be more experimental, right? And be more creative. So yes, I feel, I feel like an outcast sometimes, but it's okay. Yes. And you know, one thing I want to bring into this conversation is inspired by a meme that I recently posted on Woken Wired. And it's an <laughs> image of a pug that is superimposed into an image of a pug, many, many layers of it uh-huh. with like a third eye. And it says, when you're so woke that you wake up to the realization that being woke is just another illusion to wake up from. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. So, <laughs> so to that question of, you know, being the black sheep, something that I have been wondering is, if the people that I used to see, my ego would see as non-spiritual people just doing business as usual, what if they're actually the awake ones and they're totally. just dumbing down their mystical, brilliant language to be able to speak to the masses and give the majority of humans a pathway to this deeper understanding of the universe? 100%. I'm so glad you said that because I actually think that all business is intuitive. Like the best founders and creators, they're highly intuitive people. Think of Steve Jobs. I mean, he was kind of a dick, but he was also so psychic, right? He literally predicted the future and created the future. And that's like some magician shit right there. You know, if all business is intuitive, we just have to admit that. And we have to find our intuitive practices that work for us and that make us feel good and that help us come to that place of being in flow right? So we can just be that vessel for whatever is supposed to come through us and come out and change the world. And for one person that might look like spinning on their Peloton bike and using Google's objectives and key results to create their goals. For another person that might look like making cacao and having a cacao ceremony. For another person that might mean understanding what's going on astrologically so they can make their decisions around what they want to do in their business based on the energy of what's going on in the atmosphere but all business is intuitive. So yeah, I think you're, you're dead right. Mic drop. What else is there to say? (laughs) Come, come take our Saturday school class. It's going to be so fun. (laughs) It it really is, you know, and this has gone so many directions and I, I have felt taken over by a force bigger than me as I'm sharing things. And it's what, you know, I love how this conversation is ending with this idea of everyone's intuitive, whether you use words or terms or wear a hat of a certain size or have the white walls or have the crystals (laughs) or have the cacao. Like it doesn't matter what your version of it is. The important thing is tuning into the field and being this receptor to the messages that are meant for you and moving whatever's in your way of being in action out of the way, whether that's joining our workshop doing something else, creating an accountability group with your bodies, buying a new book, whatever that is for you, so that you can be this receptor for these ideas and trust in yourself to blindly follow them and execute them. And that's what intuitive business is. That's exactly right. That's I love that you said, whatever it is, whatever it is that is going to be the thing that gives you momentum or moves moves you into action, whether it's just listening to this podcast and now you take 30 minutes after this to go do something, trust your intuition and know that whatever you do next is right. Or maybe it's to join us for class with a friend, or maybe it's something else, but just get in action. Find that, feel that energy and that momentum and don't stop it. Don't be afraid to just let it 
overcome you and see where it takes you. Just see where it takes you. Yes. What a beautiful way to wrap this up. And one thing I also want to, there's always one thing, but uh, <laughs> the class Saturday school is on, is on November 14th, 2020. Are we going to have a replay or is it only going to be for those who join us live? We don't know yet. So we're trying to decide just totally candidly, guys. We haven't made, we haven't made a choice yet about whether we're going to have a replay up. I personally would recommend trying to show up live if you can, because I think there's more of an alchemical reaction to borrow some words from, from you when you are in person. But if you can't join us live, we will send out a replay if you sign up. So we're not quite sure what we're going to do, but we'll keep you posted. Everyone will let you know on the, on the webpage that where you can sign up for this class, what we might plan on doing um, with the, if you can't join us and you can't sign up for the replay this time around, if we're going to make it available beyond this weekend. Awesome. If you are called to join to sign up as we're recording this, we don't have a page up yet, but by the time the podcast is up, the page will be up, the portal will be open. So magic, <laughs> all the magic, all the links will be in the show notes underneath this podcast description or on wokenwire.com. And in the meantime, say hi to us on Instagram. Do yeah. you want people to connect with your personal or holisticism? Holisticism and or personal, whatever. But on holisticism, I have the phone number that I talked about. So if you Ooh. shoot me a text, shoot me a little, the little crystal ball emoji, and I'll know that you came from, from Woken Wired and I'll send you a little surprise. But no one else texts you that randomly? I'm not sure, but I kind of <laughs> like the idea of people sending an emoji, you know? <laughs> I, mean, I, love, I love the code. I would just imagine that there would, there might be people just sending you. <laughs> There'd be a lot of people that are sending me that one. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Well, how about, how about a ladybug? Cause I've, there's been a ladybug listening to this conversation the whole time we've been on the phone. So send me a ladybug and I'll know you came from Woken Wired. It sounds good. Cause that's exactly what our infestation is with. No. Really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, ladybugs. <laughs> Michelle, this was amazing. I'm so excited to collaborate and redefine the paradigm of business. I really hope this conversation recorded and will save well because <laughs> there's so much wisdom here. Looks like it's going well, <laughs> technically wise. And uh, yeah, you'll be hearing from us on the internet. And this is the first experimental random sort of show so let us know what you take away if you want more of this what special requests you have and have a magical rest of your day bye if you enjoyed the show please leave a rating and a review on itunes and share it with a friend who you think could benefit from the message Find all the show notes and all the resources on wokeandwired.com and say hello on Instagram. Find me at woke and wired. Stay woke, stay wired, and take three deep breaths right now. <laughs>